0: OKX, okay, dude, I give them props. They even announced right here the launch of Bitcoin Punks NFT on the marketplace on March 7th, which enabled users to buy ordinals with
1: ETH. Adam, what are your thoughts on this? Building infrastructure is great. Y'all want infrastructure built but finding a product that people actually want to use that is actually the hardest thing so all of these guys now are basically trying to play catch up because they see the wave that's taking place and users are interested in this in ordinals brc20s the whole idea has grabbed people's attention and people are excited about it so all these marketplaces wallets etc are just being built to just try and grab those users it's fantastic i'm sure in a year we are going to be in a very different place than we are now where Probably not going to be talking about BRC20s, but I could be wrong. It is extremely exciting when you see this massive move by entrepreneurs, developers, all these established companies into a space. just tells you that they recognize this is where the eyeballs are, and this is where the users are.
0: Yo. What's good, baby? What's good? What's good, man, dude? I always love uh, playing this back and forth during that two-minute countdown where I have to like... <laughs> post on on the Discord, post in the Twitter, set up both of these, uh, set up both of the accounts and everything like that. Let me uh, get you invited up
1: here, dog father. It's literally enough time for me to do one thing. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I could just barely, like you beat me to it, get it out of my Discord. And I was like, okay, there we go. <laughs> like I could just do that. Hit hit retweet, and that's as much as possible in two minutes for me. We need a damn assistant, is what we need. <laughs>
0: One of, one of these days, dude. One of, one of these days. Uh, GM Dogfather, man. How's it going?
2: GM, GM, guys, what's good? Yeah, this was a crazy week again, so I wanted to do some cool stuff on Counterparty, and then this BRC20 train was kind <laughs> of going, and then, you know, I jumped on that and had a quick look, because I, I thought I can neglect that. It's just one thing you may not know. <laughs> dive into it as well, you know, but that was just not possible at some point. So that, that was my week. So how's yours? I'd yeah, we I'm definitely
1: sure. got to get into the BRC20 thing. I mean, it's uh, one of these crazy um, hype cycles going on right now. So it's uh, definitely fun stuff happening.
0: You know, we'll dive to it. But first, I want to say uh, GM to ethord and I'm excited for his segment later today. Yes, yes,
3: GM. Um, yeah, I mean, I... I So, we're gonna be doing Pokemon today, and I know a lot of people are really excited about that. And I'd love to hear some more thoughts on it too, because yeah, I actually was never a collector of Pokemon, but uh, getting to know the the history of it and how it all works is actually pretty fascinating.
0: Damn, man! Yeah, I was sending some videos to Ethord uh, last night about some some valuable co- Pokemon collectors. So I'll pull, <laughs> I'll, I'll pull those up on the stream.
1: Wait, are you going to break out your big, uh, your book back there and show oh, us your, I your I value? I'm going to have to run back. I'm
0: going to have to run back over there and, <laughs> and grab it. <laughs> Gotta love it. Uh, Leonidas is not making it with us today. Uh, he said that he's, uh, traveling this weekend. So, uh, RIP to Leonidas, uh, speaking of BRC 20, dude, we could start with it. Adam and I actually got to talk with uh, Domo yesterday. Who's the creator of BRC 20, uh, on a call, pretty smart guy, but, uh, through the conversation. Uh, it sounds like he's also just as surprised of how fast it took off. Like people oh, you think, you
1: think about how some of the, the things that we take for granted now um, were started as like jokes or we would call them maybe memes or just something somebody did because it was something fun to do or funny to do. Um, the classic one is Doge. I mean, mm-hmm. the dude who started Doge like did this to show how stupid it was and and did it and then it literally took off it got so out of control he basically raged quit It was like this is no it was stupid it's stupid stop and people were like no this is awesome this is new money this is our money and he was like that's crazy you guys are idiots and they were whatever you know and i think this is some somewhat similar where he was like look this is an idea that can be done i don't think it's necessarily the best way to do it but this is possible and Obviously, people have been like, oh, my God, wait, I can create a coin for basically like $5, um, you know, in minting fees on ordinals. And then you can have basically like these free mints where other people can spend that $5 and get, you know, coins for themselves. And you kind of build this community this way. Um, It's funny to see, man, this is human nature at its core. And uh, Dogfather, I want to you want to tell us your experience launching your own coin this week.
2: Yeah, I don't want to shit anything, but, but
1: <laughs> you know, you know
2: not, not really, really not because I, I, by purpose, I was not creating a big bag because I don't, you know, just, I really just wanted to try it out and you know how it works. You can read about a, a lot about it. You can make a video, but at the end, you only learn it if you do it on your own, right? And the nice thing is that the hurdles are so low. I mean, it's really just one click, you know, you just have to check whether one want BRC20 token name is not taken yet. So you need to be a bit careful here. So it's not case sensitive. So if you think you're super smart and you see something like Audi and then you just do capital letters, that's not working, guys. So it's not case sensitive. So that's something you need to be aware of because sometimes you see stuff is, uh, uh, you know, uh, capitalized or not, but it doesn't matter, right? So uh, you cannot just have that. So that's the first thing you need to check. And then you just need to click on deploy and it costs you... I mean, it's not five dollars; it's one dollar, right?
1: <laughs> well, well, I was getting quoted five really, Yeah, but you guys might have a better system than me.
2: <laughs> it, it's like so cheap nowadays, and 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 then and this is really interesting. So, and I thought a bit about that after minting that. So the the the, the game theory mechanics are pretty interesting because unlike any counterparty token or any other token, where you as the creator own hundred percent of the supply you don't own any at the beginning, uh, if I was not making any mistake, because you just deploy the token like a naked token without any supply, and then you have to mint it on your own as well. So if you're the creator, you're not having a big bag from the beginning. And I think this is a very interesting distinction to any other uh, uh, stuff you typically have in ERC20 or counterparty tokens, that the creator does not own the supply. Of yep. course, you are, the first, you, you, you are the first because you're deployed, you can mint it, but I mean, it's on-chain. Everyone sees it. If it's like a super cool name, everyone can start minting that. And that's pretty interesting, I would say. And that's also something where you may have a pretty fair distribution from the beginning if you can motivate your audience and, and the BRC20 crowd to, to like it and to mint it. You may have a very nice distribution relatively early on. And
1: yeah, looks I like uh, we need to let's. Sorry, let's I was just gonna chime in. It looks like there's about 5,200 right as of right now.
0: 5,200 mm-hmm. BRC20s,
1: yep. And it yes. was 48 yeah. something yesterday, so I mean, another additional 500 overnight kind of thing have been added. Yeah, and, and yeah. is it true, Dogfather? You can use any symbols or anything, so exclamation points, dollar signs, all that sort of stuff.
2: Yeah, that, that's what people do nowadays, like emojis and the stuff. But uh, I think the core stuff, the, the, the best running ones so far, they're typically uh, for characters, you know, like the Audi, the Pepe, the meme, and, and all kinds of things. So, and, and I, was, I was using um, a, a Turkish word for, for boss. Uh, I'm not saying it now, but I thought it's pretty funny because there's a very popular. Uh, German rap song about that uh, from the from from a guy from the Turkish community and this is like you know big slang and and fun so I thought that's something nobody thought about that before because all other things were of course taken when I was having a look you know the the obvious stuff um, and and um, now people think about maybe an emoji thing could be something or or, or numbers or you, you name it right so Uh, people try to create it. But if you really look into the numbers, um, not that many are fully minted and have, let's say, more than 100 holders. So it's not that many that are like investable, I would say. Uh, Many are not minted out. Many just have one or two holders because the the funny guy was minting 21 million on his own. You know, those are not that interesting, I, I, I would say. So they're not that many.
0: So, so can- I, I have, I have these, so hold on, let me pause you there, because I actually have it pulled up uh, on the YouTube stream for those that are watching. Uh, you, so there's brc-20.io, um, which is kind of like the, the CMC Coin Market Cap or CoinGecko, uh, where you could go look at it. And then there's unisat.io uh, slash brc20. This, this platform to me seems to be most further along or at least most entrenched into the brc20 narrative and um, we talked to Dumo about this, and he said that this is probably the most furthest along so far. I do know that Ordinals Wallet uh, owns brc20.com, which we found out is actually quite unique because they registered that domain in November of last year. So even like, <laughs> even before the Ordinals hype took off, I think that's I think the Ordinals was deployed in December, so it was even before all of it was there. So uh, I know those guys are BSV guys, so uh, maybe they had that intention with. Uh, bsv instead but when you look at this full list of brc20 i clicked on the in progress the number one right the number one uh right now that's almost minted out is literally an emoji of a cat <laughs> <laughs> and uh it, it's i mean when you look at the stats dude like you said dog father it's uh and then i'm gonna call him big god right after this uh this token has 31 holders and 97 transactions and it's uh, minted 95% out. And then you go down to the fourth minted one. It looks like it's the Bitcoin symbol uh, it has 155 holders, but 10,000 transactions. So, uh, cause the supply metrics, yeah, this one is a 21 million and then you have
1: 1,000, uh, thousand yeah, 1, at a time. Right. So it's, it takes quite a bit to get to 21 million but when you look at but when you look at all right and
0: the largest holders or the the largest i guess you could say brc20 is meme which has 3490 holders and 101000 transactions almost 102000
2: that that is massive i mean think about so so in in february we had like 10000 inscriptions or so now you 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 deploy your brc20 and you i mean i'm responsible for 10000 inscriptions on, on Bitcoin. I mean, it's like insane. And this happened just overnight, you know. It's like 10,000 is just because of you and some. It's like an, an insane, an insane idea to just think about. And, and these guys have 100,000. It's just for that meme BRC20.
0: So as somebody might- as somebody who deployed your own token, uh, how much or what was the cost? Uh, I'm thinking because I, I haven't done this yet. Uh, I'm also looking into it to explore as well. Uh, I mean,
2: this one. I'm. I'm not joking. This costs. This is just one inscription. It costs you one one dollar.
1: I mean. Yeah. You can really go, on to, go on go to ordinalbot. Uh, com right now or OrdinalBot.io and and uh, and you'll see it, it, they have a list there. You know BRC20. Yep, and, and you can just push deploy. They have a you know either a mint button or a deploy button. Deploy means you're actually doing it for the first time. Right. Mint would yeah, be. Deploys, actually, yeah. yeah. And and you just go about and do it and like I I was getting you know five bucks but it may you know Dogfather said it was costing him a dollar maybe it was at, I was at like peak uh you know yeah that that
2: that, that that depends on you know uh, on you know how busy it is and then I mean this is really just a naked token and then you need to mint your own supply so if you want to have a thousand. Of your own token and you can mint 10 max that means 100 transactions you pay a hundred times the transaction fee yep. so you wait for quiet times and then you mint your own stuff but you have you have to inscribe your own stuff as well you don't so you start with zero
1: so dog father one question when it says for example we're looking at one right now on the youtube uh looking at one that has an amount of max amount of a thousand to mint Uh, I can't then include 2,000 in that mint to mint it twice, right? I have to do each one separately as a 1,000. Is that right?
2: Um, How it works is you would say uh, I take the maximum amount, but you repeat the mint. At least that's how uniset.io slash inscribe is doing that. So you mint the maximum and then you repeat that. You can repeat that 100 times.
1: I got you. Yeah. It has like a slider there where you can actually repeat the mint. Exactly. Yeah.
2: You do the slider and then you just pay the fees and then you you can mint 100 at this, uh, you know, in, one, in with one click, but you pay 100 times the, the fee. Very yeah,
0: cool. you're almost minting in like packets Yeah, uh, in, yeah. in a sense. Uh, Big God, you've had your hand uh, up for, for quite
4: a while to GM. No, GMGM, GM, Jake. Same, same.
1: <laughs> Wait, is GMGM GM taken? Oh, my God. Go now, guys. Go now.
4: <laughs> Wait, what just happened? What just happened?
0: We're going go uh, go to go mint GM, GM
4: for the BRC20 oh, just, just for the show. I think also, too, I, I don't know what's happening, but I can't. For so- I, I don't know if I can't hear you, Jake, when something happened. I don't know. I, I'm not sure if it's the space or what. I might have to come back, but I, I'm hearing one person, but not hearing the other. Uh, I think on the live stream, unfortunately. Um, but uh, no, I, I guess to, to the sort of question, um, I, I've been having a great time with, with BRC20s. I, you know, I put out a, a sort of thread earlier today, um, just sort of helping, I think, people, if you have no clue what the hell to do with BRC20s. Um, you know, I, I think from there, my sort of strategy, you know, really just over the past two weeks, um, since I think I think really getting into ordinals just the past four weeks um, has just been honestly going to to you know Unisat uh, checking out the progress of course of course of different tokens and then you know going to ones that of course haven't been minted out um, and sort of looking for ones that I believe had had any sort of meme potential um, and, and just minting those right so so you know uh, uh, f you know the f word um you know God Chad uh, uh, you know just a number of different tokens that uh you know I felt had sort of mean potential and you know uh, OTC prices I guess have been doing well we'll see of course what happens with the unisat um marketplace I think that's really interesting and then I'm, I'm really curious to see what the hell you know, are OKX and Binance going to launch? I've been trying to get inside info from some of my different connections at those two, you know, exchanges. What the hell is going to happen, right? Are are they going to do BRC20s? Are they going to create their own standard? Are they going to focus on just ordinals um, or or just sort of NFTs? I don't know. But but I think there's a lot of sort of, uh, uh, and I mentioned this in the thread, there's sort of risk-free upside, I feel like, or close to risk-free upside in you, you minting, you know, these different tokens, um, you know, it's not sort of totally risk-free and that it's, it's, it's free. Um, but you're paying, you know, five to $10 for some random thing that could go one to, to, to sort of thousand X. I think that that's pretty good risk to reward ratio. And I think if, if you're sort of fading that, I, I think that, that you just don't understand the math. And, and I think like Dogfather was saying the sort of game theory here, that's that's really what it is um and and i don't think that that anywhere in crypto right now or anywhere else in crypto right now you have that same sort of game theory and that that's why i'm i'm you know i've been sort of diving deep into it yeah, yeah
1: that, that, you, go ahead jake man
0: i was going to say i was talking with adam yesterday uh, and he is upset that he faded Ordi at one penny and now that it's up 130x <laughs> he, this, this is his his weekly fading generational wealth it uh, happens, happens every week. was Pat Bay mm-hmm. right before that. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Got to love it. Uh, Ethord, what's good?
3: Yeah, so I, I had some questions about how supply works. So it sounds like, that you're saying if you create a token, you have to pay the whole supply yourself. Now, that would lock it in. But let's say some crazy person wanted a true meme coin and wanted a billion of these things as supply. You'd have to pay a billion dollars, but then you would only get to keep, like, let's say you only wanted one in your wallet. You'd only keep one in your wallet, and then there'd be a billion minus one that other people could go in and buy. But you did the transaction to create the supply, and then once they bought it, then you would get, you know, a cut of the true price to buy. I, I'm just a little confused how this all works.
2: No, no, no. It's way, way it's way more simpler. Let's say. I had I had created a token very simply because i I didn't want people to do all the math and and you know mint thousands and so so it's just did ten k and the maximum mint was one right so the simplest thing i was I was uh thinking of so I deployed this uh, token and then the token is live but the supply is not minted out yet no I mean completely available so everyone can mint it once it's deployed everyone can mint it so I minted. Let's say ten, just to test it out, and then then and, and paid let's say like ten bucks for that, and then the nine thousand nine hundred ninety could have been minted by everyone, everyone who who you know clicked on Inscribe and had this token name in there, the ticker, and could mint them until they're minted out, and that happened you know within twenty four hours or so because some you know uh, funky people were jumping on that train. Um, so the Chinese community is very big in BSC 20 So they're like really cool, <laughs> really cool gangster DJs. So They're like super active there. So they were minting them in the hundreds. I was like, I thought that takes weeks or so to mint out. But they were minting them because it was basically a free mint, very nice community building opportunities. And um, because everyone has the same chance to mint it.
3: Okay. And then once you create it, there's no way to increase the supply later or anything like that? Like it's locked in at 10,000?
2: Exactly. It's locked from the beginning. You define everything. Once you deploy this BSC 20 you have to define the, the supply and you have to define the maximum mint number. Like in my example, one uh, 10,000 maximums. So the supply, you cannot increase it, change it. And then the maximum mint number is one per transaction.
1: So but one question does, in there uh, is if I say set the supply at a billion, and, you could, and put the mint number, it also had a billion. I could, in theory, then very quickly mint with one you know, one mint, mint a billion of these tokens, right? Uh, of course, there would be no distribution, exactly. but I could own a billion then and sell them off one by one if I wanted to.
2: Exactly. So yeah. that would be how you would do that in counterparty and in other systems where you create your token with your supply and then you sell it off on your own. Um, so you have 100% of the supply. Many people did that. Um, so of course it may not be so attractive, you know, for for others. Mm-hmm. But if you have if you have the audience and, and people like it, you know, like I, I was thinking about. So Leo could have uh, a dollar sign and Leo, you know, that would be his token. You could he could mint it on his own and then sell it for one dollar each, but not, um, because he has a short name, so he can squeeze it in. So Adam and Jake are obviously taken. So um, you had your chance, you didn't take it, <laughs> um, but but you can it's do What that, you think? You like. It's what you think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what that, that's what I think. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So if you say you haven't deployed one yet, so then I you're a trustworthy person, though, then I, I I believe you that it's not yours.
0: <laughs> yeah, I actually so just there's like some nuance actually to um, deploying. I guess the BRC twenty. If you're the first wallet to do it then you're basically become the controller of that token forever. um, Is basically how it was was described to me. And so currently there isn't a difference, but in the future, so let's say you went to reserve Jake for for somebody, for me, right? Since you were the first person to uh, deploy that, then in the future, whenever royalties are set up, then that first wallet is the one that's going to get royalties on uh, that BRC20 if, when that ever happens. So just keep that in mind um, because I don't think it's thoroughly explained. It is buried pretty deep within the the technical books that was originally uh, published. Uh, but that was something that I found out for myself. Uh, he did say that they are working on some solutions to it. But currently, right now, there's no difference. So just wanted to say that. Uh, and then I wanted to call on 10D. Yeah, has been waiting patiently.
5: Hey, what's up? Thanks for having me up. I just, uh, I came here for the uh, Stamps Bridge tutorial and I misread the title. Uh, I thought I was going to be talking about uh, the Bob shit coin, but here we are. To, uh, BRC- <laughs> no,
1: we're going to get, we'll probably get to Stamps in a little bit. Yeah.
5: yeah. All right. Well, in, in regards to the Stamps Bridge, um, it's Stamps, but uh, so Bob's BRC20BS BO, uh, is representative of the value of the Soapy Booba inscription 162994. The best uh NFT on the ordinals are so
6: number one.
0: Was that in English?
6: Anyway, <laughs> yes,
5: yeah, so Bob's uh BRC twenty token. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be representative of the, the boobas on ordinals. Um all oh, the not safe for work inscriptions that uh aren't illegal are gonna be representative of the value. But I, I like I like the BRC twenty uh idea. I I, I feel like I was listening into uh, the OKX Chinese Twitter space earlier, and it does seem as if they're going to be utilizing uh, ordinals and inscriptions first before fully trying to deploy their own BRC twenty standard. As far as what I picked up from the Mandarin, but uh, that's just my two cents. Uh, I'd love to hear. One question with
1: that, because you might know, can you do uh, Chinese letters uh, on the BRC twenty?
5: I believe you can. If you're able to do ASCII code characters, you are able to do Chinese letters.
0: Oh
1: God! This all is right, an opportunity, guys. Here we go. Here this we go. Gonna be, is it, so this is going to be uh, ENS there all the over again.
5: ASCII code uh, Bitcoin symbol. I don't know that ASCII code is exactly for it, but there was people having to, trying to mint it via the text mint inscription instead of the BRC20 uh, JSON inscription style, um, because... The Unisat input doesn't accept it yet, but it will still list. So there are still some, um, we'll say different methods to inscribing BRC20s that have not been fully utilized yet. I know people were doing emojis, but if you do more than one emoji, it will allow you to deploy, but will not recognize it on the indexer. So um, that's another thing is that like, I deployed frog rocket. Um, frog itself will get picked up because it's technically a four character um, emoji itself, but two emojis is picked up and deployed by Unisat, but not recognized in the indexer because it represents more than four characters. So, so right now can only you can only
1: include one emoji. Is that right then? One emoji
5: because uh, one emoji represents four, four um, characters in UN. Trigger oh,
1: So functions. you can't do, you can't do an emoji and some text. I can't do like a frog and then no. a bar or something like that. And I actually
5: message. deployed several, um, two emoji, um, BRC20s, it will allow you to deploy it, will recognize it initially, but because it's more than four characters, it does not recognize on the
7: indexers yet.
0: Okay. So. Wow. Uh, Farmer Joe, thank you for waiting.
7: Hey, GM, GM. <clears throat> I, j- I just wanted to, to add in here, I mean, one, very familiar with deploying. I've deployed uh, a few of them for fun. I've done OTC transactions to see how these things work, and um, I've used Unisat Wallet, or Uniswap marketplace, unfortunately, I guess. Um, so I'm I'm really excited about what OKX does. I think it's not as complicated as we think uh, to launch. I mean, like at the end of the, at the end of the day, you know, if they set up a wallet on their end, you transfer the inscription over to the wallet address. You know, they can effectively issue the tokens on their platform for the amounts that you've transferred over. And finally, have them you know uh, traded in 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 the in the millions really in terms of how much volume these things typically get. It is uh, I would say a little bit more difficult with 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 everyone who's launched tokens recently. I don't think anyone has really put in the time and effort to really think about like a token distribution, leaving some for exchanges and, and marketplaces. And I think you know uh, going forward, there's going to be a lot more. You know, a lot more thought put into um, the original deployer, potentially saving five percent for for liquid marketplaces, um, and then locking that token supply in the in the in the liquidity pool. Um, so I think I think that's just something that everyone needs to consider uh, when when you are deploying these new mints. So obviously, you know, minting five percent of supply in most cases is very expensive. Um, but if you're serious about launching a project um, with longer-term commitment and value, the few thousand that you would put into, you know, let's say um, minting a, a supply for liquid trading marketplaces, um, that alone has significant amount of value to everyone that that is, you know, fundamentally holding it. Uh, another another thing um, that I'm really excited excited about is. People deploying and actually selling and launching projects um, that that are going to be building Bitcoin-related products. I think you know soon we'll see, you know, BRC twenty, you know, ICO type um, token sales. I think it's it's not, you know, um, I I think it's very much in in the next two or three months horizon. If I if we don't see it over the summertime, I, I'm really going to be confused as to what people are doing, but. I think there's going to be a lot of Bitcoin native builders and they're going to be doing token sales to build really cool product on on Bitcoin. And I think that's truly something to be excited for. Um, So we have so many things up and coming uh, that I think are just going to escalate what BRC20s really are and, and, you know, fundamentally uh, add real value to the space because there's going to be real builders coming in and, and real tokens and not just meme tokens. Although, you know, we're all having fun with them at this point.
1: Interesting. I just looked up on Scrabble.com or whatever. Uh, There are only, there are less than 4,000 like Scrabble ready words uh, that are four, four, four digits (laughs) words. So we're probably already bumping up against the total number of words. Then it starts going down these infinite rabbit holes, right? It's like, I'm sure every four letter word will be taken probably by the end of this week. Right. Um, You know, all you got to use is chat GPT to scrape the page and say how many, you know, give me four letter words that aren't taken and just, I'm sure people are already just minting each one. Right. Um,
7: yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, there's a bunch of permutations, I guess, you know, 26 letters yep. by, by, by 26 by 26 by 26. So uh, I think over time we'll probably just move to, to random, I guess, random names or, or like you said, just characters.
1: Special characters. Now, now you, the max is four characters, right? Yeah.
7: Yeah. The, the max is four characters. Oh, uh, what I meant is, uh, We'll we'll start using uh, you know uh, more exotic characters. Oh yeah,
1: for sure. <laughs> well, if somebody's going to put out a how-to on how to put the Chinese numeral or Chinese letters up there, uh, please tag me in the tweet so I get to see it. Because I think if that happens, it's game on. Round two.
0: Round round two, man. This is uh, it's going to be a fun time to see. I just want to see where BRc twenty goes. Uh, I do think there's going to be something. Uh, important that comes from this outside of meme tokens. I don't know, may- maybe it is just the meme tokens, but uh, it's just like the uh, the beginning of Ordinals. One of my favorite mechanics that is uh, stemmed from is this idea of like a decentralized mint that Bitcoin punks kind of revolutionized. Uh, you see it being used, but I do think kind of the future is like this gamified decentralized mint. Uh, however, you could do that. Uh, as uh, Talking to the Bitcoin punks team and the Bitcoin apes team that... You know, it's when you see these decentralized mints, it's almost become not interesting because you already know when you get there that all the rare ones have been had had been minted. So whether you can create something that you know holds the rare ones after X amount have been inscribed, or something that adds some mechanic that uh, is similar to kind of how generative art works, um, whether you call it a gambling mechanic or not. Uh, I think that needs to be introduced somehow to uh, to this. Uh, I know Ordinal's Wallet is working on something similar use, using, P, what is it, PSBTs, PBSTs. Uh, but we'll see, uh, that'll be what I'm excited for. Uh, Bitgod, welcome back to the stage.
4: Yeah, thank you so much. I, I think what's really interesting here too is, is I, I've now spent a little over a week in China here, um, and, and I've got to speak to, you know, got to go to a couple of different events uh, none were were sort of ordinals based, but um, you know met a couple of the you know people from the Ordinals Chinese community um, there. And, and and it's very interesting that their sort of focus has been actually more around uh, the ordinal side of thing than it has been on the BRC20. So I think the, the the way that it's maybe spread so far has been more on the Western side, uh, potentially Europe side, Focusing on the BRC twenty, while while you know the majority of, of of at least the people I've talked to here are still focused on the ordinal side, and so I think it's really interesting. And so I put them on, of course, to to, to getting into to BRC twenties, and and now I think that's that's really been the, their focus, like many others over the past couple of weeks. And so very curious to see how they um, uh, uh, sort of pick it up. I think a couple of them have, have mentioned trying to do something very very similar to to sort of like a bonk style. Uh, uh, airdrop or, or or token. I think the problem is, and, and feedback I gave was was just that um, it makes sense. But you know, looking at sort of the tokenomics, of course, for for Bonk, forty or, or I think it was like thirty percent was, of course, airdrops to certain NFT collections, and and that was I think it was like forty different NFT collections on Solana. But the the sort of problem I think you have here is you don't have, and this is no offense to you know any Ordinals. Creators or, or, or NFT projects on on Bitcoin is I just think you don't have as, as enough of, of, of like really two things. One, of course, the infra to so I think really airdrop properly, and then second is is I think the the sort of high profile NFT projects to I think propel uh, uh, sort of a Bonk style token to any sort of heights. So I think that that in the future, uh, you know, maybe like like of course Bonk was is I think on Christmas or very close to Christmas. Uh, that could be developed, and that could be the case by you know by Christmas time this year. Uh, we could see something like that.
0: Hmm. Quite interesting. Uh, moving cool. on, though, we we have been discussing a heavy Chinese influence. I mean, if you go back to literally the earliest days of Bitcoin, right? A lot of the the mining hash power existed in China. Uh, some of the biggest leaders in the crypto space are Chinese, right? You have CZ and Justin Sun, who I mean, they've been run out of China, but uh, they are uh, heavily influenced, or they have heavy influence on the crypto industry. OKX, they announced, and I pulled this up on YouTube. Uh, I think this is one of the founders or the CEO, whoever hater is, oh, CMO, um, said that uh, it's official extending Bitcoin into Web3. OKX wallet supports view and transfer of Bitcoin ordinals, plus ability to mint and trade ordinals on our NFT marketplace coming soon. And they came out with a blog. Uh, So they're going for the infrastructure first uh, by just creating their own wallet. I mean, OKX is kind of a closed garden anyways as a centralized exchange. Their NFT marketplace is also very similar. I, I don't think a lot of people actually realize this, but they've had Bitcoin punks listed on their OKX NFT marketplace for almost two months now. They actually reached out to us at Emblem Vault to figure out how to kind of abstract only the Bitcoin punks. Uh, collection out of the Emblem Vault Legacy Collection of fifty thousand. Uh, so they did this under their own, um, you know, under their own accord. And when we talked to them, they said it was because there was heavy demand by their cryptocurrency traders um, of Asian background um, that wanted this. So I, I don't know what it is. It seems like they are also very interested in in uh, the Bitcoin Apes as well. Which have also been both of those have been getting more traction recently. So I don't know if we're about to go into like another little like mini run or whatever. But OKX, dude, I I I, I give them props. They even announced right here uh, in this announcement. So this announcement follows the launch of Bitcoin Punks NFT on the marketplace on March seventh. So it's been almost two months, which enabled users to buy ordinals with ETH, mint and trade functionality for ordinals on the OKX NFT marketplace is coming soon, which allows users to create, buy and sell ordinals on the platform. Adam, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, I know you're on the Ordinal show. You've probably talked about this 40 times already, uh, but for the 41st time, uh, tell us tell us the insight into
1: this. The insight is um, building infrastructure is great. We all want infrastructure built, but finding a product that people actually wanna use, that is actually the hardest thing. And so all of these guys now are uh, basically trying to play catch up. Because they see the wave that's taking place. And users are, are interested in this. In ordinals, BRC20s, the whole idea has grabbed people's attention, and people are excited about it. And you know, so all these marketplaces, wallets, et cetera, are just being built to just try and grab those users. And uh, it's fantastic. I mean, honestly, I, I, I put it in the same boat as what happened with you know crypto kitties. Uh, back in 2017. It's just this, the way, th- like all these developers realize, oh my gosh, we- there's product mark- market fit here. People love Bitcoin. They love the idea of storing data on Bitcoin. They're interested in these things. How can I make this happen for my company as soon as possible to try and not miss this wave? Um, you know, I'm sure in a year we are gonna be in a very different place than we are now. We're probably not gonna be talking about BRC20s, but I could be wrong, right? Maybe it's the next ICO boom. I don't even know. Who knows? But uh, it is extremely exciting when you see um, this massive move by entrepreneurs, developers, uh, all these established companies into a space. Um, just tells you that they recognize this is where the eyeballs are, and this is where the users are. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean, even just you know, sticking on. The, the narrative of, of Chinese influence. Uh, Binance, too, which I think this is more of a rumor. I mean, my, Binance put out a tweet that said, uh, Bitcoin ordinals made simple by using the ordinal protocol. You can now inscribe data directly onto Bitcoin blockchain, similar to NFTs. This has allowed people to inscribe images as collectibles. That was a tweet uh, a few days ago. And then Trevor uh, To, who's uh, kind of one of the leaders in the ordinal space, quote tweeted, said, Binance rumored to launch ordinals marketplace next month tweeting about ordinals picks up so they're kind of uh, you know putting their feelers out there i binance though is like they traditionally do this they put the rumors out there i mean for anything that's hype they always put the tutorials they try to garner the interest and then sometimes they don't ever list it that's happened many many times uh, i mean they even just put something out about like a pepe tutorial but didn't list it as, as well Maybe some of the on-chain slews are tracking Binance's wallets to see if they're actually like accumulating tokens. Uh, but again, Adam, I know you have more insight into this. What, what are your thoughts?
1: Well, I mean, part of it is like even with this entire Ordinals movement and BRC20s, all the rest of it, is it's still a relatively small market. It's a very small market. You add the whole of Ordinals together. I think we did this a while back, and it's like it's less than like pudgy penguins, right? Like pudgy <laughs> penguins on OpenSea does more volume. Right. Um, so to try and put it in context, but that does, that, that context doesn't relate to the volume of people interested in it. And so while the money might not necessarily be there, uh, yet, the eyeballs are. And so, you know, Binance is, at least their social media is an eyeball machine. And, um, and so they're, you know, maybe, maybe not interested. And it could be, like you said, they're just putting it out there rumors. Um, but then again, you know, I, I think they have a big team and I, I my gut says they're probably working on it. Whether or not they ever come out with it, um, you know, who knows? They may wait for some real adoption or something, you know, bigger to happen. Uh, but I, I pretty much guarantee they have people working on it. Yeah. I mean the the Binance NFT marketplace
0: is also kind of fallen off a cliff of volume as well, as most people have gone now to Solana and to and to Ethereum. Maybe they think this is their opportunity to kind of bridge both of those communities uh, together, uh, in a sense, I mean, they still have B i I'm sure they're working on the back end. They also invested $500 million into Twitter, right? So they're lurking around. They're trying to find all kinds of different intermediaries. I do think a lot of, I do try to look at like what Binance does and kind of relate it to Twitter. Um, cause obviously he has the ear of Elon Musk. And they're trying to leverage that as well. You know, maybe I'll start the rumor, maybe you'll get ordinal payments for, for on Twitter, right? Well,
1: I, I did see somebody somebody tweeted about uh, bridging BRC20 over onto BNB or whatever. So, I mean, you know, this stuff, you know, the, this is the beauty of, of a de- these decentralized systems, right? Is that smart people all over the world start doing crazy smart stuff. And you, you never know what the thing is that's gonna hit. I did
0: come across a platform yesterday that actually bridged BRC twenty to BSV um, and is active in trading. I was looking at it; there was literally hundreds of purchases yesterday for uh, I, f- I think it was meme uh, with BSV tokens. With I mean, BSV, crazy. With BSV, yeah. It's I mean, like I said, the ordinal wallets guys, our, our Twitch guys. There's a handful of people in the ordinal space that are BSV guys. They've been I, as much as you hate the blockchain or hate or hate. Kind of the, the messaging behind that. Uh, they've been kind of, they kind of have a two year head start on this because of the pretty much max block limit or block height limit on BSV. So they've probably dabbled in a lot of this. They probably had a lot of it already, honestly. I mean, if they already, if Ordinals Wallet registered BRC20.com in November before Ordinals even existed, <laughs> I'm sure this kind of idea they've been thinking about for, for quite some time. Uh, so I'm going to call on Farmer Joe and then Sal right after.
7: Yeah, no, I, I, I wanted to just go back a little bit on in terms of like the rumors of finance and I guess OKX. I, I don't know. Like the at the end of the day, it's a, it's a business case decision, right? And like you guys said, there's uh, certainly a lot of eyeballs in the space, but if we look at true on-chain volume, I, I, I saw a post today where where Ordinals Wallets doing about 400k in in daily volume of transactions. Obviously, that's kind of a mix of BRC twenties now and, uh, and and ordinals themselves, but that's still an insanely low amount. So, from like a business case perspective, you know, you really got to get them on board to believing that this is kind of a hundred x liquidity, um, you know, a marketplace for them uh, at, at the very minimum, I would say. But uh, but I think part of the reason why we don't see so much activity is. You know, one, everyone coming into this ecosystem has to use, you know, marketplaces and players that, you know, certainly they are not familiar with. And, you know, over time, you you have a sense of trust that you develop when you start to use these things for the first time. Certainly, like, you know, I, there's, you know, headaches with using OrdSwap, or there's headaches using Unisad and Ordinal as well. Like, everything has its pros and cons. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's also deterring people from actively using these platforms. Um, and then there's the friction of how quickly these transactions take place. Mm-hmm. So I think the centralized marketplace eliminates a lot of that. And, you know, we've seen this from, you know, Bitcoin punks bridging over using Emblem Vault and building their own marketplace on Ordin- uh, or, or uh, what is it, Ordinals Market. Um, we saw that liquidity effectively, you know, 100x uh, just because it was, that much less frictionless. Um, obviously, it's a less of an issue now with with true marketplaces. Back then, there was no marketplace, and everyone was doing OTC transactions. Um, but with that being said, I think that 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 speed angle um, that can come out of it by just having OKX or Binance come in, um, I, I genuinely think that we can see you know trading volumes you know potentially thousand x.
0: Yeah, my my concern or question is now you have a centralized exchange, two of them kind of moving into ordinals. Is it going to be set up similar to the cryptocurrency exchanges now where the tokens that you see actually aren't your tokens, right? Not your keys, not your coins. Does that become kind of the same model for ordinals um, where it's just basically what you see is just an IOU and they have everything kind of
7: in their own private vaults? I think I honestly think that that's how they're going to start off with these things, um, just because it's, it's it's the easiest path forward. Um, yeah, know your keys, know your coins. Uh, Bitcoiners are, you know, they tend to be quite maximalist in terms of that. But I think anyone who's genuinely trading ordinals and, and these BRC twenty tokens is, you know, probably less of this of this custody maxi um, uh, than 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 I think most people. I mean. I think there will be some reservations going to centralized exchanges, but again, it just gets you more market participants. If, if you want to just use centralized exchanges as as basically the price oracle, and then have these relayed on chain, you know, I'm happy for that too. Shall be a fun
0: time. Uh, Sal's been waiting patiently. Uh, welcome to the stage and GM. Hey,
8: what's going on, guys? Um, Yes, I actually was lucky enough to discover uh, BRC20 pretty early on. Um, I stumbled onto uh, Domo's post like an hour after he posted it. Um, And then I managed to mint the fifth and the uh, managed to deploy the fifth and the seventh uh, token ever. So that was pretty cool. Um, I mean, obviously, I I never expected it to go anywhere, really. But, uh, my question for you guys is like, what's the logic behind the, like only doing four digit, like BRC 20, uh, tickers. And is there any plans to expand that to, you know, three or five?
0: Um, Domo, when we talked with him, didn't mention anything about it. I don't know if I personally, I'm not the the expert on this. I don't, I don't know for sure if there's like some sort of technical limitation to it. Maybe he did it because he just was uncertain.
1: Uh, well, a quote. I a think funny he quote. probably just did it because it was like, oh, you know, we just deal with four digits, right? It was just like that's the thing he thought it, you know, and just like did it that way, right? I mean, I'm sure if some one of us wants to write a, you know, BRC twenty one, you know, <laughs> maybe, you know, I mean, dude, look, the reality is, is that I could launch that today, right? no, we're going to do three digits or no, we're going to do five digits. Is this going to happen? Like, yes, it's only, there's nothing stopping you from doing that. Like right now. In fact, I'm going to do it right yeah, now. I mean, mine is bad. three I, digits. I mean, it's why three is better than four, dude. Less <laughs> to type in less work. So mine is now three digits. It's called the McBride protocol. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's BRC McBride. And uh, here we go. We're going to launch it today. You know, I mean, I think it's just like, that's literally where we are. Like, you could do that today. And, and if I mean, enough people agree, there we go. Yeah, I just, I, I, maybe I'm wrong.
8: I just don't remember seeing that in the initial like paper he put out, like that he was only doing four digits. So I, I was just actually surprised that it was only recognized later on as four digits.
0: I think it was just kind of like an in the moment thing. Uh, a funny quote from our conversation yesterday he was like, I expected a lot of this to just be eventually be some sort of historical NFT that people stumble across 10 years later as a as a cool experiment that led to something accelerated much much faster uh, Adam, maybe we should start onS ordinal name service and extend, <laughs> and extend-
1: this is the kind of genius you guys <laughs> tune in for man this is uh, the kind of alpha. It's it's We're the go. B R C E N S or no oh, BRC-B-N-S, right?
0: Well, they got B N S, so you do O N S. You could do .org, right? And then we could just start the whole digit thing all over again. Oh, yes. one, right. one one one, oh, right? right.
1: The oh, O-N-S.
6: oh my god. Man.
0: Oh boy, here we go. It's probably gonna be spun up pretty quick. Uh Biz, dude, welcome to the stage, bro. Good morning.
6: Hey, good morning. Can you guys hear me? Okay. Yep. Yeah, we got you hey my question's around legal so i've spun up a, a holding entity i've got about 20 contracts deployed on brc uh, 20 that that i own uh that we're going to build socials and and launch soon but the reason I've jumped in, I advised, you know, back in the day, starting like early 2016, I've set on and advised some ICOs and stuff. But, you know, I stepped away from that just because of the legality and, you know, being a, you know, U.S. citizen and all the, the uh, securities related issues around that. I, I've got legal again. None of this is legal advice by anyway, way. Check out your this yourself. But I've got some uh, uh, some law firms that are in this space and in, in crypto blockchain and ICO movements. So I had them looking at it, but just from a first glance, they're saying that because you're building on L1 and you're building on a BRC token on Bitcoin, and it's already been, at least here in the United States, classified as a, as as property or as an asset, it gives me a comfort level to, to move funds into this and move move into the investment. Again, do your own research. Do, I mean, get your own legal advice on that. I don't have a full legal opinion on that, but I'm pretty encouraged the fact that because you're you're you're, you're using Bitcoin, your your transactions are on Bitcoin, that uh it, it's got a good it's it's got legs here and it's got momentum. The other thing I recommend if you do launch your own contract, set up independent wallets, make sure uh, to check those ticker symbols out before you register those and get a game plan. Don't just squat on these if you don't have a really uh, I mean, you know, anybody's free to do what they want, but, you know, there's there's some great ones still out there. They're going to go quickly. You know, I started in March, and, man, that, this last week when, when Unisat launched their market, they just went. I mean, the tickers are all gone. So I encourage you, if you've got a business or, or uh, you know, uh, a collection around that, be looking at your own uh, tokens. But look into the legalities. I'm hoping to have some more information I can share uh, in the weeks to come, on that and what what the opinions from the attorneys are,
0: quite exciting, man. Yeah, I, I like I said, I've Adam, I've been si- talking about. It. I want to see what stems from this outside of just degenerate meme trading. Which, yeah, I mean, maybe it's nothing. Uh, you have the whole meme ecosystem just kind of exploding. Uh, there has to be. I, I mean. At this point, it seems inevitable that you're gonna have a meme eco- a meme ecosystem on every single blockchain of some sort, and it's probably a combination of fungible tokens and non-fungible tokens. My thing is like what what else supports the meme economy in the future? Uh, right? It's kind of like fate loves irony, uh, so it would be ironic or it w- it would be the most ironic where just like the memes are the most valuable thing on on every chain.
1: <laughs> Not ironic, man, fate. We're <laughs> shooting. Shitting. yeah.
0: The mo- what it was what the quote that alon says it's like the most entertaining outcome or the most entertaining outcome is most likely <laughs> so i mean hey, we
1: are fully entertained man this stuff is incredibly
0: entertaining man I, d- I do think there are some infrastructure plays that have not been uh looked into yet to support a meme economy i mean traditionally when you look at kind of like trends of what happens a meme token explodes and then you have some people taking memes and then you take that fungible meme token. Then you start buying the memes with the fungible token, but it's like, what else supports that ecosystem besides just ship posting and, and buying NFTs with the meme token? I don't know. To me, it seems like there's probably a lot more there, uh, but I don't know. We'll see if people actually want to. Just the want thing
1: to that, um, you know, Biz was just saying, and it's, you know, basically with the ICO kind of disaster that took place, um, you know, you can't actually integrate it into like a real business, right? You can't like, it can't be a payout of a business. And so NFTs like got around that in this like soft way um, by not promising anything. Um, Really, we need the SEC to just be like, yes, you can do that. And imagine, could, could you imagine the explosion of, of, interest and businesses and all the rest of it it would spin up if that would but it's never going to happen but like i don't know it's a bummer for me because i I do think that kind of um the creativity release of of that sort of infrastructure would be super amazing we've already seen it but
0: you know 80 percent of those scams We're gonna see Gary come out and uh, support BRC20s. It's gonna be be game game over. I do want to move into the the emblem vault update. Uh, been a long week. Got a little bit behind. Uh, but but a handful of things going on. Uh, Pepe update. uh, I put a tweet out like uh, I don't know. It was like a few days ago. Uh, We were gonna go public this week. But then we found uh, a bug in the system, kind of more of an accounting thing on the back end of how the system works. Uh, so sh- so Shannon and the dev team are kind of working through that right now. Um, it is our number one priority, and we're hoping to get that out literally as soon as possible, dude. Eager to get this. There's a lot of things that we uh, are ready to launch alongside uh, the curated collections to really put us into the... Put us through just just the next chapter of the Emblem Vault history. Uh, we do have a tool coming out uh, quite soon. I'm excited to share. Um, been thinking about it. I think this will uh, maybe increase uh, or encourage uh, a lot of uh, product. Adam, should I uh, should I tell them or should I hold off another week about what this what this is what this tool is that we might have coming out uh, quite soon? Should I should we have them wait or should I tell them now? Give them a little Alpha tell them all right, because you guys came today, so you will see pretty soon, actually, uh we built this tool um it's an inscription tool to where you can inscribe directly onto Ethereum uh, in the click of like two buttons, one button uh'll be integrated into uh some of your favorite inscription services uh so I'm interested to see how that rolls out. uh I think that'll show a lot of demand to kind of see where. Uh, users are. If you could just have the option to get it inscription directly to ETH, Emblem is also uh, deployed on Polygon and Binance. So inscription to Polygon, inscription to Binance, immediately. I think that'll open up a lot of opportunities um, for users. I think it'll also just encourage uh, more inscription growth, especially on Polygon, because we just got Polygon relaunched. It cost me 10 cents to create a vault. Amazing. Uh, So it's it's absolutely incredible. I think that's kind of where the future of where Emblem Vault is probably going to go. Of course, though, the more decentralized products are going to have to exist on L1, which will be more expensive, which we plan on launching in the future. Um, Some of that stuff just cannot be done on some of these other chains yet. Of course, right? You can't do like disintermediate Emblem from like the key storage process on Binance. That's like essentially controlled, right, chain. Just like it doesn't make sense. Uh, so we're hoping to have you know, a lot more uh, optionality uh, moving into the future. I think also, uh, it's funny, I guess this was revealed um, pretty recently uh, during the last Ordinal shows. Uh, you guys are talking with Joe Looney about Ordinal envelopes and putting counterparty, um, inside of, putting counterparty token inside of an Ordinal. Emblem Vault is actually deployed on Counterparty uh, right now. So there is an avenue to get Emblem Vault inside of an Ordinal. Right. Uh, Whether that's actually mind blown. Right. uh, Wait, are you
1: telling me I can put Ethereum NFTs inside an ordinal? (laughs) Get out of here, man. Get Get out of here. That's crazy. Yeah. What what the
0: point of it is, I actually have to be determined. I mean, it is, uh, Shannon did put in the tweet, you know, it is quite meta, right? It's like you have to put your, you have to send the ordinal. Or you have to send uh, the CryptoPunk inside of an emblem vault, which is inside of a counterparty token. And then you have to send the counterparty <laughs> token inside of an ordinal. I guess this is the way to like... My my first thought is that, of course, right, this could just be like a BRC20 thing where it's like you have no idea what the the purpose is until later. This is how you denominate uh, CryptoPunks in Bitcoin. Kind of get past that psychological barrier. As we saw with with uh, the monkey pictures and with the, the pixelated dudes of CryptoPunks, there's a psychological barrier, it seems, at 150 ETH that nobody's willing to cross. But it does seem like on Bitcoin, um, right, you can pay 50, right now you could pay currently 50 ETH for CryptoPunk. Or in this uh, scenario, you could pay 3 Bitcoin for a crypt, in ETH CryptoPunk, right? Or you put multiple things in there to kind of spice in the pot. Um, when that happens in the future... I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll put some BRC twenty tokens in there and just complete the circle all over again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, it is. We are in these like silos, right? And I know I forget what it was. Solana. There was some big, uh, what was it Mad Lads mm-hmm. or whatever, uh, launched this week, and um, and most Ethereum NFT people, which is the big biggest part of the market, like mm-hmm. invisible, like didn't even didn't even move the needle for most people. And I think in a lot of ways, like what's happening on Bitcoin right now with ordinals and BRC20s is, you know, it, it is like like a guy was just saying earlier, it's like, oh, you got to learn a new wallet. Oh, you got to do this. So there is like this opportunity to still very much meet people on OpenSea, on Ethereum, you know, with these Bitcoin products. And I think uh, for somebody who's creative, you know, a founder or whatever, it's it's an exciting time because you can actually meat collectors where they are on Ethereum still. And it does kind of grow this pie on Bitcoin. It's funny that we have to pull our ETH people to like, you know, explore Bitcoin. But that's where we are right now. Like people are still not familiar with the tech. They don't want to have to get Bitcoin. It's just, there's still, even though it's been made so much, so much easier over the last two months, it's still, people don't want to have an extra wallet and they don't want to go down that rabbit hole and they still want to just use their MetaMask on OpenSea. And so there is opportunity for people, um, you know, who are a little bit more thinking out of the box to, to kind of make stuff happen. Dude, the, the, the ideas that we get
0: approached by by the individuals at <laughs> Emblem Hall are crazy, dude. Absolutely nuts.
1: <laughs> bro, it's like, I'm like, go do it, bro. I'm not, you know, I'm not getting involved in this Ponzi scheme, but like, whatever you're doing, <laughs> man, <laughs> people do some crazy
0: stuff, crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, more updates on the emblem side. Uh, we did put a tweet out showing that, you know, emblem does exist on uh, Binance Smart Chain. There are Bitcoin punks available for purchase in BNB. Um, so maybe some opportunity there. Although minting on BNB is still currently down. So uh, we will get to that eventually. Uh, we put out a fractionalized a tutorial this week um, for those that were ahead. Maybe they were even ahead of the BRC20 trend Uh, you had things like O Doge and ordinal artifact take an inscription and go put it in a vault and then go to fractional.art and issue erc20s against it and trade them as meme tokens Uh, that is exploratory Um, whether they're actually successful or not i don't uh, i don't know i haven't really been following it too much but i did put a video out there uh because some people were asking about it um so there are going to be some more tutorials uh this this one I found uh, quite interesting, and I'm going to share on the screen of a uh, unique way to use Emblem Vault for rare sats. Adam, did you see this that uh, somebody did? Uh, it was one of Nolish's fans, uh, the jpegmaster.eth. Inside of a single Emblem Vault, he put uh, one Edge of Oblivion, which was one of Nolish's, who's the rare sat hunter. I think it was his first Ordinal collection. It's like a sub-20,000. Uh, inscription one uncommon pattern which is uh, fractionalized which is a uh, from block 78 uh, and then uh, one old satoshi from block 786 uh, and it has to do with like patterns so it's basically three different ordinals inside of one vault an old satoshi an uncommon pattern in edge of oblivion i don't know if any of them had sold or not i thought this is awesome dude super super uh unique way seems like rare sats are, are catching some trends catching some heat ordinals bot actually even just launched their uh rare sats uh, inscription tool to where you can now inscribe directly onto rare sats
1: yeah they did a, a really slick interface um for that i mean we knew they were working on it for a while basically to give you an idea for you guys to know what they were doing, but basically all the Bitcoin that they were receiving for inscription services, they were running it through Jake's, you know, pan filter you know, <laughs> to filter out, um, you know, these rare sats and uh, really cool. So they had, you know, buckets of these things and uh, just, you know, we knew this was going to happen. They just were one of the first to do it um, where you can now just, you know, tick that button. You want it on a rare sat? Um, very cool. Is very, very, very cool. And one last thing we teased out, too.
0: um, I teased out about Emblem APIs uh, coming out here in the near future. A lot of demand. We're working on like three to four different APIs at the moment. We've gone through a handful of deconstruction and reconstruction on the back end. We actually had to move uh, Infura. we moved to Alchemy pretty recently. Um, they're working with us so that we could scale much faster so we can incru- improve that vaulting time because we do know that is one of uh, our priorities to really get that fixed, especially with the mobile experience. Uh, I'm sure, a UI UX upgrade will be here in the near future um, at some point to really just get that, that click process down. But some of the API stuff uh, is regarding about like wallet integrations um, from some of your favorite wallet providers. Uh, things like native vaulting to where third parties like Unisats or Ordinal's Market or even the Rare Stamps people, um, you can vault directly uh, on that website. Um, so reduce all that friction, um, right? Get it on ETH so that you guys can go trade like DGENs. Uh, of course, not everyone wants to participate in that, in that which is completely okay. Uh, but we do want to get that option there because uh, we do have much, much larger visions Um, you know, of trading NFTs across all blockchains. And so they all have to interact in some sort of way. So if you're interested, if you're listening, interested in Emblem APIs of any sorts of what I had mentioned, or something that you would just like to work with us more directly, uh, always feel free to reach out to us. Um, We're more than open. Adam and I are taking literally... 10 calls a week, <laughs> So I've probably talked with every Ordinals team. Yeah. Uh, I think so, uh, at least uh, on a call to try to really explore and see where, uh, you know, where the collaborative efforts are. It does seem like uh, most of those who are, who are building in Ordinals um, are open to a multi-chain future. There are some that are very persistent on native experiences, but that is a question that we generally uh, lead with.
1: Yeah, I think even with, uh, you know, Bitcoin, hardcore Bitcoiners, they recognize, look, this is like, this is a new, this is the new Bitcoin, right? Um, And you think about the counterparty guys and what they were trying to do, you know, in 2016 and 17 and stuff. And it's like, it's almost like we've come full circle, like, like all those people they were trying to reach and they were shut down by all kind of, you know, Bitcoin maxis back then, you know, that as we call them, the new Bitcoin maxis are like, this is awesome. Let's do this. And, uh, so I, it's like a, it's like a rebirth. It's, it's incredible to be around at this sort of time and, and see this amazing stuff that's taking place and think about, of course, we're in NFT history. Like think about how it started with counterparty and it's like, they finally, they finally come around and, and the, we're just like the world or crypto has finally come around to this idea. And, uh, yeah, I fe- it feels like we're in a new crypto environment really, uh, which is amazing. It's
0: absolutely beautiful. I actually met Dan Held at uh, the Wizards party in uh, NFT NYC, and I was talking to him about ordinals and stamps, and dude, he was for all of it. I was like, I never thought a day I would see Dan Held literally support, <laughs> supporting NFTs. Uh, dude, quite a, quite a counter-narrative. Uh, but he's more sitting back and just watching it and just... Uh, I think a lot of the OG holders just realized, dude, if they just let it flourish, then it's better for their bags as
1: well, right? Oh, if you could imagine, it wouldn't take much. I, I, we've talked about it on a couple shows or whatever, where it's like, if Michael Saylor, you know, just bought a, got a taproot wizard, like it would be all over. <laughs> like it would be all over. And, you know, I think it's almost just going to take that, but the reality is it doesn't even need that. Uh, but it would be helpful. Like if the Bitcoin... <laughs> Bitcoin maxis would actually spend some of their Bitcoin within their own infrastructure. Like, I think the Bitcoin maxis forget that the Bitcoin pizza story is like a vital part of Bitcoin history, right? Mm -hmm. Like without Bitcoin pizza, without the Bitcoin pizza event or something like it, we're probably not talking about Bitcoin today. Right? Like that, like regular normies know about that story. Right. And how, oh, my God, 10,000 Bitcoin. Oh, my God, he would have been a billionaire. Right. That narrative is super important. And for them to just be holding onto their Bitcoin without actually doing stuff and spending their Bitcoin on stuff that supports the infrastructure, I think is a mistake. And I think, you know, when we saw with the ETH and the rise of NFTs on ETH, we did see huge ETH holders buy NFTs. And they might not have been super pumped about it. They might not care, but they recognize that this is like a vital thing that's happening on Ethereum. And by them supporting that, it made their ETH that they hold more valuable. And I wish the Bitcoin maxis, the hard, hardcore Bitcoin maxi laser eyes would wake up to that fact.
0: Agreed. Biz, what's good? I know Biz also has a preference, has been around since the early days as well. So uh, I hope you're spending some of your Bitcoin on this stuff, which you'd mentioned. Did we lose him? Did we lose him? Biz, you're on mute.
6: Oh, sorry. Yes. Hey, yeah, I started mining Bitcoin in a big way. Uh, I mean, we had a substantial full cage of mining equipment in early 2011 course i got you know was involved with the mount Gox hack and in, in in 2011 got a matter of fact i'm going to be minting an email uh, that i got from them as a on a, on a rare sat uh, uh, along that same time period that i'm trying to find but uh, and then again I got majorly hit in that uh, last hack they had in 2014 is still fighting with the uh, trustees on on getting some of that back but my question was around has anybody not to come back to brc but has anybody vaulted uh, brc uh, 20 contract for sale or the tokens themselves and do you have anything you could pin that one could go look and and figure out maybe a mechanism for that
0: so this was actually one of the conversations we had with domo uh we i don't think anybody has and uh, we're waiting for the public indexer to go live so that we can uh, show a balance of the brc20s that exist in a vault so then it is more secure of course you can go uh and vault it currently in the taproot wallet but you won't have that type of ui ux uh experience like you'll see with uh when you put an ordinal inside of a vault, it shows exactly which ordinal it is. We can't do that until the public indexer or until the indexer is public right now. It's private. It did sound like that should be live within a few weeks. Of course, if you're an advanced user and you don't need that kind of like pretty uh, experience, you could go ahead and do that currently. You just literally just load it into the tap root. It's just there's not many tools that exist. And so I think that's kind of uh, held people back. But we have had BRC20 creators, uh, or you could say entrepreneurs, whatever it is, um, express unique ideas, um, leveraging ETH, Emblem Vault, and BRC20s together to kind of create that trading experience. Uh, it's it's still, yeah, TBD uh, on it. But yeah, you could go ahead and use it. It is it is safe. It's just that uh, you won't see, uh, it's, it won't display as BRC20s individual. It'll just say that the vault has Bitcoin inside of it. Yep. Sal. What's good?
8: Hey, yeah, so working off that a bit, um, I was wondering like, how does one sell like a deploy contract? Because um, I, I don't, I, do you just sell the,
1: the order Well, like, the thing, the thing is, your- yeah, you, you really, as far as we understood, you know, you owning that deployment um, probably doesn't have much value. And that of course could change in some way in the future. But it doesn't hold much value in that you can't, like with a ERC-20 contract, you could increase the supply or you know manipulate the supply. Because once you once you deploy it, you can't actually change the supply or anything with it. So whether or not it has any value, right now it doesn't appear that that actually holds any value. Um, could be wrong uh, in some way. I
8: don't think it'll have any actual value. It's more about like, I guess, you know, historical value, you know, know along those lines meaning like you know if let's say you know ordi or pepe or whatever it is you know is really popular i could see you know the the deploy contract being like oh you know like kind of like a one-on-one or very
1: something, cool yeah you know? that, absolutely man yeah very yeah. cool
8: but the yep. question is like yeah i'm saying the question is like is there even like a transfer method like or does I it believe, I, believe, I believe it's I'll issued
1: be and Dogfather might know better than i but i believe it's issued you know as an ordinal, so yeah, it is transferable, but Dogfather, can you speak to that at all? Am I wrong in that, that, that take?
2: Yeah, the transfers are a bit tricky. So first you mint some supply, let's say 10, and then you need to make it transferable with another inscription and then you can, you can sell it, but not the original minted one. So that's a, a small twist you have to check out. So you go into your wallet and then you see uh, a distinction um, so uh, some of the supply is shown as minted only, and some is transferable.
1: So the, the deployment itself doesn't show as an ordinal. No, the deployment is an ordinal. I mean it, that's, that's
2: how you
8: uh, Yeah, yeah.
2: It is one. It is one, but it's like yeah. it's not. It's not a supply. It's it's a, it's a different transaction.
1: Yeah. We're, no, it's we're just thinking a, of it as like yeah, it, yeah. as a, a keepsake or a, a tradable, interesting NFT kind of thing. Right. So, so what he's saying, Doc, Doc Father, yeah. is like Ordy itself might be like really interesting from a collector's standpoint. Saying, "Hey, this is the first, um, you know, Ordy is the very first BRc twenty from a collectability standpoint." Like, I'm interested in that today, right? If BRc twenty becomes something, twenty years down the road, it could be very interesting from just a collectability standpoint.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, and and on top of that. Um, you also have this um, you know, um issue with any kind of royalties that may come. So I, I doubt anyone with a popular token will will sell it to, to any collector and, and I would not advise that. But yeah, if that would be available, I think that would be a thing.
0: Yeah, yeah so, so what Domo said is whoever the wallet address that originally deployed the BRC20 will forever be the address that gets royalties whenever that is turned on. He said that's really the only difference uh, currently. But you can transfer uh, the ownership of it, I guess, uh, in a sense.
8: I don't know. It's so all, it's all so above my interesting. head. Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, nothing's really set in stone, I guess. But it's its interesting, though, because it sounds like if you like, just kind of shackle it to the original wallet, then you know it, it lowers the value because it just becomes an you know a cool keepsake, but it, it you can't transfer that ability, I guess, yeah. to collect royalties.
0: Yeah, you'd have to like trade that wallet. I guess you'd have to sell that wallet to somebody in a sense, although they do have the, the private key. I don't know. Some people will figure it out at some point. Tokenized wallets, right? That's why we have em- Emblem Vault. But in terms of collectibility, uh, ethward has been waiting patiently. I know we've been running over a little bit dude my favorite topic uh i am a collector of this i got literally the set in my room myself uh ethward's gonna be talking about the ethward corner so go ahead.
3: all righty yeah so this is hoarder's corner a weekly segment that explores the world of physical collecting and this week we have pokemon trading cards so i got a little quick is for someone up on stage that is not Jake. Um, does anyone know how they came up with the word Pokemon?
1: I have anyone no
0: idea. Anybody? I actually don't know that either.
3: Oh, good. Because I was blown away. It was one of those. Of course it is. But um, it's actually a, uh, an abbreviation or a portmanteau, great word, by the way, of pocket and monsters. Pocket monsters. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, but okay so the history we go back to the 1980s japan there was a, a fellow i don't know if anyone's familiar with his first name um his first name was satoshi tajiri so satoshi tajiri uh met up with a friend ken Sugamuri, and they teamed up to make a video game magazine called game freak so they made a couple of these magazine issues and their love of games writing and artwork they soon realized these games they were covering were lame as hell and they felt they could do it better so they started developing their own games and they hit success pretty darn quickly pretty much their first full game mendo palace was um released on the nes in 1989 And then they created a game for the SNES and a game for the Game Boy in 1991. So within the first couple of years, they have already releasing games on, obviously, the biggest platform uh, of of the time. And then, obviously, everything changed when they created Pokemon Red and Green in 1996. Now, for y'all gamers in America, um, green may sound a little odd, but... um, Yeah, it's weird that they released red and green. And then a couple years later in the U.S., they released red, blue and yellow. But green was never released in the U.S. I don't know why. If anyone could find that out, I'm curious myself. Um, And for those of you that didn't play Pokemon, I'm actually fall victim of this myself. I always heard of Pokemon red and green and thought they were two different games. And I was like, how did they release two different games at the same time? Um, but they're actually the same game and this is kind of the ingenuity of, of Pokemon. They're the same game, but, uh, there are, you know, like, um, exclusive Pokemon that are only associated with uh, a different color, right? So the blue as well, um, different unique ones that you can only get on that game cartridge. And then really what, uh, revolutionized this was when the Game Boy released, uh, the game link cable technology, right? You could hook up a game boy to another game boy. And that's really one of the main things that sparked this idea was you have to find a buddy uh, who has the different color game connect and then, you know, battle and trade to get those exclusive Pokemon to quote, you know, collect them all. So I thought that was awesome. Another little tidbit too was uh, Satoshi kind of came up with this because of his childhood love of bug, So yeah, this is where it gets a little weird. Um, While Satoshi did come up with the idea of Pokemon, the game, he actually didn't produce or create the trading cards. And we're talking about the trading cards today. So um, this is actually a joint venture between three companies, his own, Game Freak, uh, Nintendo, and a third one called Creatures Inc., which is another video game company. So uh, they established uh, and managed the Pokemon brand together as three, and that's to this day. So uh, the collaboration allowed for the creation of various Pokemon products, including the train card game um, and then you know the movie and everything else that's uh, come since. So yeah, the cards were released in Japan in October 1996, which was roughly six months after the video game released there, um, but they didn't get their US release until 1999. Um, and Wizards of the Coast, throwback to Magic the Gathering episode, right? They're the ones that uh, manufacture Magic the Gathering to this day. They secured the publishing rights uh, to the U.S., so all U.S. Pokemon cards are created by them. If you look at the cards in the bottom right, you'll see Wizards of the Coast. Uh, The initial set, known as the Pokemon Base Set, featured 102 cards, including the iconic characters Pikachu and Charizard. Uh, Over the years, Pokemon... Has released numerous expansion sets, uh, introducing new Pokemon, game mechanics, and card designs. The game remains popular today with millions of players and collectors worldwide.
1: Pokemon!
0: Pokemon! Dude, I have, uh, so those are watching the stream. Uh, I have in the background the Logan Paul video of him Logan buying. getting rugged. Was that the? <laughs> well, he did, he did get rugged. He did buy. Uh, he spent three point five million on a full full 151 first edition set. Turns out it was fake, and he was reimbursed. This is a different video. This is a single card apparently that he's spending millions of dollars on. Um, but I'm gonna let uh, Ethor talk about the highest price sales. This is kind of just like a, an addition for those that are kind of watching on the stream. I also showed right before this, Justin Bieber also uh, owns a full 151 original first edition holographic set. I have no idea what he paid for that. I tried looking, I couldn't really find it. Uh, maybe ETHOR did. But I was a huge, huge Pokemon collector growing up. That was my life. I played all the all the Game Boy games, collected the cards, opened up the packs. Oh, man, it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, Pokemon Red Game Boy was by far my favorite game ever. <laughs>
3: uh yeah i'm watching this video too you know how logan paul does it he's going to all these lavish locations and players in <laughs> dubai right it just turns into this like travel channel of him <laughs> having fun and spending money left and right to secure a kids trading card <laughs> yeah. what a hard life he must have you. <laughs> um okay so before we get into the notable sales let's talk briefly about what drives value obviously we always have the mid condition and all that bullshit but Um, Similar to Magic the Gathering, the base set had a few reprint editions, so for y'all that want to collect at home, uh, it's, you know, notable to know which one of that base set you have, so if we're compared to Magic the Gathering, it's very similar, right? Magic the Gathering had the alpha, which is the top, that's what you want, right? If you have a Black Louis alpha, that's best. Uh, Well, in Pokemon, it's first editions, and then In Magic, it's the beta, was the second version. And in Pokemon, it's called Shadowless because it does not have a shadow around the rectangular Mm -hmm. edge. And then um, for the third one that they released, which is the most common, that's probably what most people have, in Magic, it was called the Unlimited. And, yep, it was called the Unlimited in Pokemon 2. And then for once, which is is nice to hear, Supply also plays a big factor in notable sales. So two out of the three sales I'm about to talk about were not first edition-based set cards, which is pretty nice to hear and refreshing. So I will delve into them now. Um, if you want, you can use that link to show the images. Um, but uh, but yeah, so the first card is Wizards of the Coast Pokemon Blastoise Galaxy Star Hologram. This sold in 2021. For $360,000, that is $188 each. not bad. Um, and what I like about this, in fact, personally, if I were to have one of these three as a Magic the Gathering guy, I would choose this one over the other two, even though it's, the, it's sold for the least. There's only two of these. It's ultra rare. Uh, these cards were created in 1998 by Wizards of the Coast to convince Nintendo executives that they could handle the uh, English language release. So they made these cards, sent it to them, and um, you know, basically it clearly worked because a year later they were manufacturing them to US stores. Uh, next on the list, we have first edition, holographic Charizard, uh, perfect mint condition, 10 PSA, Uh, yeah, I mean, this is the most well-known card in the set, right? Heritage Auctions called the first edition Charizard, arguably the hottest card in the entire hobby, with only 121 copies reportedly graded as a 10 gem. Uh, Okay. And then lastly, we have the Grail. This is kind of what we saw in that Logan Paul video, um, It's the Pikachu illustrator card. Now this is uh, a Japanese card. It's in all Japanese and it sold in 2021 to Mr. Logan Paul for $5.275 million, which is 2,756
1: ETH. Holy shit. (laughs) Dude. I love it. He he had it put on a chain. He's wearing around it around his neck. (laughs) We're watching this video on YouTube, but he's literally wearing it around his neck. This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. And it's awesome. Uh, Yeah, it's,
8: it's pretty, it's,
3: it's fun to turn it into a necklace right now. It's jewelry. I mean, um, but yeah, so what's interesting, I think when I was looking at some glimpses of that video, he was holding up the PSA nine card. So that was not this specific card that sold for the most, uh, Logan Paul bought this, this perfect 10 card, um, Because he, okay, so Logan Paul bought the illustrator in exchange for a PSA nine version of the same card, said to be worth one point two seven five million plus an additional four million. So we found someone that had a perfect ten gem mint of the same card. Said, "All right, I'll give you my nine plus four million dollars, so I to have yours." And uh, now he has the you know perfect condition one. And what makes this card so special is the Pikachu illustrator was originally given to winners of this promo contest uh, were for people who would who would draw Pokemon um, monsters and uh, this happened in I think 97 and 98 there were several of them only 39 copies were officially awarded to the winners so I guess they had like 39 of these contests the winner of each contest got one of these cards of course most of them were probably not stored uh, you know put in plastic immediately uh, but apparently this one that Logan got his hands on they did and it never got tarnished um and what makes this card unique too is um it's the only card that says illustrator at the top instead of trainer it also has a uh, pen icon in the bottom right corner it's the only card to do that um to acknowledge the creation for the design contest um lastly the artwork by this card was done by illustrator atsuko nishidi uh who's the original designer of Pikachu. So I would say this is kind of like owning the Matt Fury Rare Pepe card, if you will.
1: Interesting. It's interesting too how this was kind of given away as like a gift. I think we saw that what was with maybe with Zelda or one of the Nintendo uh, games too, where it was like it was a kind of gift of a competition or or part of a promotion or something. So there are very, very few of these ones. and. um very interesting how that worked. I also pinned a tweet at the top where you know the, my my Pokemon just rug tweet, um, you know, talking about these kind of and and this doesn't affect these super high end cards, but just the the idea of when they print them and print these things out, you know, you got to be careful of the dudes working in the print factory who are grabbing these cards and like messing up the supply count. And uh, we I've had a lot of back and forth over the, since I put out that tweet uh, with people about. You know, do the does Pokemon the company actually want people knowing the actual supplies of these cards? Because if it's tr- not transparent, you know, is that that's probably better for Pokemon, right? Because they can always just make more cards, right? Um, I don't know. It's kind of sketchy. I had pulled up the
0: CryptoPunks all-time high sales, and so in today's ETH denominations, about twenty-seven hundred in ETH. For that Pokemon card would put it at the fourth highest NFT sale uh, of all time. I guess outside of the the Beeple one and the the... Yeah. So it'd be higher than any art block sale ever, be higher than any board ape sale ever, and it would put it right in number four for all
1: time high. NFT sales and ETH. <laughs> if, if Pokemon, please, Pokemon, reach out. If you need an NFT advisor, they could, I think Leo said it best. It's like, they would be the king of NFTs, like without question. Like if they entered the space and really entered it appropriately uh, and did, you know, some nicely timed drops with the right th- infrastructure and stuff. I mean, good Lord. Can you imagine? It would be unbelievable uh, what they could do in the NFT space. There was a track of special,
3: special cards, right. That you, you pull out of a pack, hopefully not pulled from the, uh, you know, the people working there on the line, but uh, that would then have, yeah, like a QR code where you could get some special, super limited edition. Right. I think that's a good way to create rarity as well.
1: Oh, totally. Oh, totally. I mean, imagine if you had, you know, you, you crack packs and then whatever, or, you know, you buy the NFT and then you could burn the NFT to get the, in real life, one and all this sort of there's just some so amazing mechanics they could do. Um So Jake's pulled. What's what are you showing us here, Jake? So this is uh, the top the top 25 highest-grossing
0: media franchises of all time, and Pokemon is sitting at number one with a lead ninety two billion $1. dollars, bro. Billion dollars, billion dollars. Number two is Hello Kitty at 80 billion. You have number three, Winnie the Pooh at. Some- Big surprise.
3: 75
0: at that Winnie? Winnie the Pooh, but probably because it was started in 1924. So they actually have it broken down for franchises uh, in merchandise, video games, trading cards, and they have it all blocked off. Pokemon actually looks the most diversified, too. They've made 60 billion in merchandise. They've done, looks like about 20 billion in video games, another 10 billion in trading cards, and then it's broken off into like box office and stuff. Hello Kitty is literally all merchandise. Winnie the Pooh is literally all merchandise. Mickey the Mouse right after is all merchandise. And then you have Star Wars, which I thought would actually be much higher, is actually probably similar, similar, similarly diversified like Pokemon at $65 billion uh, and $40 billion of that coming from merchandise. And then it's split up between home entertainment, box office,
1: book sales, in video games. I mean, this is surprise. Honestly, I I had. I mean, I of course knew Pokemon was huge, but I didn't know if you had told me oh, Pokemon or Star Wars, I would put my money on Star Wars. I I did not know Pokemon was this much of a a beast. I mean, it's incredible, man. Didn't even go down right. So some
0: some other uh, notable ones that I'll put in here. Mario is sitting. These aren't numbered. Probably about number eight. Uh, and it's at $36 billion. Uh, and the majority of that coming from the video game itself. Mm-hmm. And you move down, it's actually had a Harry Potter, which uh, took it's quite a surprise. Ahead of Spider Man, ahead of Batman, Dragon Ball Z has an appearance on here. Barbie, Cars, Toy Story, Lord of the Rings, James Bond, Yu Gi Oh!, Transformers. Decline to clear that out. Pokemon man coming in. They they could take over the market as you say. Bro, they need
1: an NFT advisor. Screw emblems all, bro. I'm, I don't know.
6: <laughs> you oh. think
1: about it though, that is uh, incredible, incredible numbers right there. It's just it, it's beyond imagination. But then when you think about how much you spend on those cards and I know my kid, you know, it's the only thing he's probably spent more on is is Fortnite and Fortnite's probably over $1000. I would certainly over a thousand dollars on skins that are you know could be taken away from him any time and the other is pokemon cards i mean he just has boxes and stacks um, of pokemon the supply
0: thing always an issue as you put right there's so many different nuances to it this has happened to be- beanie babies inflating their supply away the unknown i guess is kind of what keeps it
1: uh parallel I mean, that's the thing do they want People to know the supply and my gut says no they don't and uh you know i mean i watch I, on my tiktok feed you know because i don't know how i got into this pokemon you know rabbit hole and so i started get getting these videos of guys all they do is un- unbox open up packs for hours 12 hours a day right and they'll be like oh there's a rare blah 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 whatever it is you know and it's like is it though just because it's shiny right and you don't see it that often is it rare are there, or are there, you know, 400,000 of these things, right? There's no, where are the numbers? Like, I don't know, man. It's a lot Either. of smoke and mirrors, but it's all founded on this base of kids love Pokemon. So, you know, kids don't really, who gives a crap about Benny Beanie Babies? Pokemon connects because of the video games and the cartoons and the, you know, all this stuff around it connects. And so, yeah, it's amazing, man.
0: I don't know, this is a little bit of a side tangent, but I don't know if you've ever watched like the boxing and unboxing stuff with sports cards and Pokemon. You can actually bid on the boxes while they're breaking it. It's called breaking it. And uh, dude, it's a whole hype mechanic. You get thousands of people watching this. It's I mean, it's a little bit of like gambling degenerate, but
1: oh man, it's a lot of fun. Gambling for kids, right? (laughs)
6: Like literally,
1: that's what it is. It's gambling for kids. And you just, (laughs) what you realize... And BRC's 20s no different. People love gambling, man. It is something part of our nature, man. And whether it's opening a baseball pack and like hoping you get a whatever Ken Griffey Jr. card or breaking those Pokemon open, man, it's it's addictive, dude. Ooh, man, during during the pandemic, my buddy was
0: a, a- a big sports card guy selling a bunch and I went over to his house and we we're there live auction. He was bidding on a bunch of these packs. Literally spending thousands of dollars on this pack, dude. I was there like cheering him on <laughs> hoping, for so- hoping for something good. Nothing good ever came out of it. But, yeah. Man, those, I-, I wonder if you could kind of take that method to, to NFT somehow, like the kind of like box breaking kind of idea I mean, those boxes think-
1: and stuff. We had a little bit of that. Yep. But this, yeah, Anybody who can kind of harness this, um, yeah, it's always powerful if you can do it. It's always powerful. People love that. That crossover between reality and the kind of
0: mixed reality. I don't know if you do AR, VR with NFTs or something like that in the future, but man, a lot of a lot a lot of fun. Uh, fun. We promised to get the stamps, Adam, as our as our local stamp resident um what what is the the newest developments going on over there
1: uh i think you know the artists are just still chugging along it's not look you're not going to get numbers like ordinals because it's totally different i mean we've seen i think somebody put out a tweet the other day with ordinals they were i don't even it was like some crazy number a hundred thousand inscriptions right and but they were all brc20s there were like 300 you know jpeg inscriptions right so at, in Stamps, we're kind of at that number, but it's basically all, it's, you know, it's artists. I think some people were able to do um, music or sound, but I, I don't, and I believe it got included. You know, people start figuring this stuff out, but I think, you know, um, Mike in Space, who is the kind of founder, is going to tr- just keep it, you know, of course you can inscribe whatever you, you can write in whatever you want, but as far as what's going to show, uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to keep it Um relatively tight. He's not gonna let it go, kind of this open, free-for-all, um, ordinals-type experience, you know? Yeah, the, the The stamping has really slowed
0: down. It looks like it's stalled around 18,000. I know half of that is the the punks. Yep. But you look at some of the, the lower-end ones, right? you got Bitcoin Moonbirds, it doesn't look like there's actually too many that are even on sale. There was one that just sold recently, I believe it was this one, right? Number 49, stamp number 49 uh, sold at a, out of a dispenser for 0.1971
1: Bitcoin, uh, I believe two days ago. That, that one was sold a- and the Milky Way one sold, I believe, as well for like 0.2, I think. Oh, yeah, man. yeah, the Milky Way one, 40-something. I do believe there has been
0: some developments, though, in terms of the, the mic and spaces, uh, stamping tool has got the cost down, uh, quite dramatically. Yeah. I don't know how he actually did that. Uh, and it also looks like somebody found a way to create like actual art. That's not pixelated and, and put it through some
1: sort of SVG file. So now it looks just like very pure. Yeah. They've done amazing work. Um, our friend Harvey actually did a lot of that, um, figuring out how to maximize the SVGs. And I know the minting service, what they did, something about the dust limit you had to include. It had to be, you know, when it was first done, it was like 7,800 dust or whatever, 7,800 sats per byte. I don't even know how that stuff works, but um, they, they realized that that was just like an artificial number, made up number, and they could, you know, scale that back and save a whole bunch of, of money. So yeah, if you're interested in putting some pixel art, um, you know, still relatively low numbers when you think about it. You know, but whether or not it's a number thing or whatever, I think it's just, uh, you know, the ability to put immutable art on Bitcoin um, stamps just has a a nice spot, in my view. Yeah, it looks like, so it looks
0: like under sub 300, a lot of the one-on-ones are sitting around 0.2 Bitcoin-ish, and you do have some varying supplies. It looks like that's kind of the floor, 0.2, if you're going for like one of the lower... Low ones just got to be careful because you can also issue these uh, in uh, multiple supplies. So like this one, number three hundred four is one out of a hundred, and the one right next yeah. to it uh, is a one of one. Yeah, if you
1: see something that you think is a great deal, you know, check the supply, right? Mm-hmm. And as always, make sure they're locked. If you're buying anything, hundred percent, you have to know it's locked because if not, obviously, you can the guy can mint more. Yeah, I had to take,
0: I had to figure that one out. And there is Doge Stamps. Um, so kind of a shameless plug here, I guess, on, mon, on Monday uh, for the NFT Now show, me, Leonidas, and Adam. Uh, we are going to be hosting a Doge party in Doge Stamps uh, spaces. I believe that's six, 6.30 Eastern time. I actually don't know much about Doge Stamps. I haven't been following it. I know a dog father is going to be there. He's kind of our head resident. Uh, if you'd like, dude, just give us a, a little bit of an update from uh, what's going on in the the Doge stamps world
2: yeah I think uh, I don't want to talk too much about that before Monday but um, we have a new 10k collection all doge all you know no copy pasta thing so that that's pretty new uh, made by Tuber. that's nice and then it's also you know as I was already talking it's a bit more flexible so we allow SVGs we allow, uh, all kind of other cool things like embedding HTML and SVG to be, you know, a bit more experimental. And I think we will talk about that in, in more detail on Monday. Topper will also be there. so He's uh, uh, now way more into stamps than I am, so he knows a lot. So that will be really dope. We will have little sheep here. He, he was minting uh, Dogecoin. NFTs on you know using Doge Party since day one. You know he he's he's uh, he's there as well. Uh, Ernest is there. He's a Doge Party Foundation member, so it will be really really cool.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited for that. I had I have no Doge stamps. I do have a handful of sub 500 Bitcoin stamps that that I got in early. So complete disclaimer there. I uh, haven't sold any of them yet. So uh, we'll see, right? They're more 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 of a novelty. Uh when that first came off, dude, and I was just inscribing. I had no idea what the hell I was doing. <laughs> Not an artist in any sense. I'm like, you're, you're
1: telling me I can't do an AI thing for this. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag blurry stamps. That's what we're calling those, man. <laughs> yeah,
0: dude, the blurry stamps. Dude, I got a handful of those. Uh we are coming up on two hours. Is there anybody on stage at any topic that we want to cover uh, before? How about,
1: how about this nice big sale on the uh piggy? Uh um, oh. I saw that one. That that's pretty funny, man. I if you haven't shown – we haven't shown those in a while. Those are pretty cool. Yeah, um, me, let me find that one. Uh, this Japanese artist basically took – made a uh, a piggy for every country on earth, and he's sold a ton of these. I mean, this guy is, like, obviously a well-loved artist, and uh, a 10 sale for Luxembourg. Crazy, man. Um, Dang.
0: Yeah, I believe it's because it's a uh... – Cause it's like a sub asset or it's like a sub 1,000 or it's close to the 1,000 gotcha. dude, the value for these like sub 1,000. And even now you can see it's starting to kind of gravitate outside of that 1,000 range. People are paying massive monies for it. I mean, there's a whole series of these, uh, piggies. Uh, this one's got a little monocle on and, uh, what is that? Like a sash? Yes. <laughs> it looks <That>, so like <laughs> a sash in a sense. Yeah. Nine, 9 point. Like, looks like, looks like it. Yeah, it looks like it was unvaulted immediately after purchase, so it's probably sitting in one of these uh, native wallets. Uh, Very cool. Yeah, we did have. So what? Are, what are we had some some other big sales. It's kind of nice to finally uh, get like a mixed pot of sales. For a while, it was just like all Bitcoin punks. Then it was like all Bitcoin apes. And it's like, dude, <laughs> I need some diversity here. Uh, yeah. So the top sales this week for Emblem. These are the Open Sea sales. Yeah, the Luxembourg pig. 9.99 ETH. Get a Zombie Punk sell for 6.59 ETH. Get a, a Golden Bitcoin Ape sell for 3 ETH. Uh, Love Pepe Tato is a Series One card sold for 2.2 ETH. A Litecoin Punk for 2 ETH. Optimus Pepe 2 ETH, and then a Genesis card from Spells of Genesis 1 ETH. Right, so quite uh, quite a v- variety there, uh, which is which is really nice to see. Emblem in a sense, the vaulting has kind of slowed down. Uh, probably because there's been more tools for, for ordinals that's popped up. I am seeing an increase, though, in uh, Litecoin punk sales that happened recently and uh, Bitcoin apes and Bitcoin punks. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's uh, ordinal season again. Uh, dude, but- if
1: somebody starts, you know, we just talked about it. And, you know, I think Biz was right. Is like, dude, if somebody, uh, you know, starts minting BRC20s and mints the entire BC- BRC20 like a token, and puts it over into emblem and puts it on open I um, I don't think that you know it doesn't take a genius to know that people are going to start aping into that sort of stuff as well it's only a matter of time
0: it's a good idea dude uh, like I said that's uh it'll be one thing that uh, we are going to be actively watching we told Domo to you know notify us once that public indexer is there but you can go ahead and do it like I said if you go put the BRC20s in there it's just going to display a Bitcoin balance it won't show specifically which inscriptions until that public indexer is live what's good dog father
2: yeah just one comment i think the apes are popping up more on on open and emblem vault because they were kicked off from some marketplaces like magic eden i think and, and some others so now they find a new place and and concentrate trading again more on emblem vault and open directly i think
0: yeah it's interesting right so if you talk about the dmca uh they issued it to three i think three different marketplaces two ordinal ones so ordinal's wallet and magic eden and ordinal's market so they're going after all the us-based uh entities in a sense uh they can't do anything else for some of the more decentralized ones um or the ones that are just overseas they have no uh, control over they have not reached out to us Uh, so we're more than open to discuss with them. Like what if, if something like that happens, although it's going to be much harder to do that on emblem, right? Unless. Unless, unless he wants to take down the whole collection, right, and then then we just go to Blur, right? <laughs> you just go to their competitor. So uh, there, we we I mean we're we're more than happy to talk with them to come to a solution if that's the case. Although it seemed like it was something smaller. I don't know. Maybe Dogfather has more information on this or somebody up here. Something about a trademark with the word ape in it. I believe. I don't know completely what it was. Um, Ordinals Market hasn't said anything about what it was Uh, i don't i believe ordinal's wallet said it was something with a trademark and i believe magic Eden said it was something with a trademark itself
6: yeah european they went on the european ones and it's a word mark versus actual the art itself
0: it was the word okay the word yeah oh they own the word ape now (laughs) (laughs) i mean come on yeah i don't know man i don't know We own the word ape in the context of tokens. Okay. (laughs) All right. I don't know, man. Ownership's weird, dude. When I was in NFT NYC, somebody told me you could buy airspace in New York City (laughs) above buildings. I was like, what? This is a business that I need to get into. (laughs) Very, very interesting, man. Very interesting. they, they they said that it's because it, you buy the airspace above the building so that the building next to you doesn't go build into that airspace.
7: <laughs> above your Building.
1: Look, hey, this is what was I talking? Oh, I was talk- I heard a story about um. You know, we all know the story about Manhattan, right? And how the Native Americans sold Manhattan for twenty five dollars worth of beads, right? And it's like, oh, it's it's looked on as like this, you know, the greatest trade of all time and the worst trade of all time. But somebody said, but you got to understand the Native Americans didn't think you could own land, right? So they were selling, it would be like you selling the clouds, right? If you can't own it, of course I'll sell it to you. Give me anything, give me give me a bead, I'm good, right? Because you can't actually own it. And in a lot of ways, that's what we're dealing with here with NFTs, right? We're creating a new idea of what's ownable. And uh, you know, a lot of people are like, whoa, this digital, you can't own digital. But we're saying yes you can. So in a lot of ways we're like the um, you know the people buying Manhattan back in the day.
0: Mm, true. When you look at the two most recent NFT related court cases, the one with Sotheby's, uh, Kevin McCoy, and uh, early NFT twine, trying to define ownership of early tokens with namecoin, and then the recent trademark thing with Ryder Reps and, and Yuga Labs, both of those judges said they do not want they do not want to get into defining ownership, and they're treating them both completely as like a trademarks. Well, the first one they just threw out and said that I'm just not defining ownership. This case is over. And then the Yuka Labs one, they basically said this is complete IP and trademark. This has nothing to do with uh, what conceptual art is and defining ownership over a token. So the courts are really just staying out of it. So uh, code is law, maybe in the sense. I don't know. Maybe maybe we need something a little bit more drastic to it, but still, still largely undefined what it means. Very much. Very
1: much. Ownership is a tricky thing.
0: I don't know. I own everything, right? I'm gonna own <laughs> I own all the BRc twenties. All the BRc twenties are mine. Well, we'll close out here, man. I hope everybody uh, has a great, great Friday, Adam or anybody on stage. Would you like any? Uh, Final words before we close this out for
1: the weekend of Degeneracy. All right, guys. We'll see where we are on Monday. I'm going to be minting all weekend, baby. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) All
2: right, guys, everyone. That's the spirit. Let's cross these three million on Sunday, right? Oh, Jesus.
0: (laughs) Why not, man? Dude, at at this rate, we're going for 3 million. I don't even think tracking the numbers even matters at this point anymore until you meet me at uh, 69,690,000, 6,099 or whatever the 6-9 number is down there. Uh, We'll see you guys next week, man. Have a good one.
1: Take care, everyone.